0: Welcome to the Prosperity Gap, where we discuss the financial gap that exists between you and your retirement. It's time to bridge that gap. Hey, Prosperity Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Prosperity Gap, the show where I help you bridge the gap that exists between you and your retirement. My name is Dave Hall. I'm the Prosperity Guy, and I will be your host. If you've not yet taken the opportunity to subscribe to the show, please make sure you do so. We release new shows every Friday and I want to make sure you do not miss out on any of our great content. Today's show is being brought to you by eTrends Group, CPAs and strategic advisors. If you are tired of the struggles that come from trying to manage your own taxes, accounting or bookkeeping, then you need to reach out and let the professionals at eTrends Group give you a hand. To learn more about their services and how they can help you with your common and not so common financial problems, go to www.etrendsgroup.com. Now, if you have questions about anything I talk about as I go throughout today's show, or if you have questions in general about tax-free or risk-free retirement, please go to my website at theprosperityguy.com. I have a section on my website where you can send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them on one of my future shows. Now, in today's show, I will be talking about the taxable bucket. If you joined me on my podcast from last week, you may remember me talking about how there are millions of different investment options you can choose to fund your retirement, but that the planning process is as simple as a three-bucket system. These three buckets are the taxable bucket, the tax-deferred bucket, and that magical bucket that I call the tax-free bucket. Of the three available buckets, the one you're probably most familiar with is the taxable bucket. Why? Because this is the main bucket most of us have used during our lifetime. The bucket works something like this. A new month rolls around and some type of income is deposited into the bucket and it starts to fill up. Then the minute the money clears the bank, we start taking the money out to cover our monthly living expenses and the bucket starts to go down. Now, if you're lucky, when you get to the end of the month, you'll have some money left in your bucket. The money left should then be used to help make sure your taxable bucket maintains a safe level of assets, which is six months of income or the money should be used to invest in your tax-free bucket. But unfortunately, this is not what usually happens. All too often, people decide to do one of the following with the money. The first group, they decide to completely empty the bucket. The second group, they decide to keep growing the bucket way beyond the amount it should contain. And the third group, They take the money out and invest it in the tax-deferred bucket, believing they're doing the right thing for their retirement. But unfortunately, all three of these actions can create major problems with your retirement. Let me start by talking about the first group who choose to empty the bucket. All we have to do is look around us and we realize emptying our taxable bucket to zero is not a good idea. In life, there are way too many economic ups and downs, and we need to make sure we have a reserve to cover ourselves when these times happen. As I mentioned earlier, it's my belief that this bucket is full when it contains six months of income. This means that if you have an annual salary of $50,000, you need to have $25,000 in this bucket. Now, you need to be aware. You'll find advisors who disagree with this number. There is a group of advisors that believe the appropriate amount of money in this bucket is six months of bare bones basic living expenses, not six months of income. There is also a group of advisors that believe you only need three months of income in this bucket if you're married and both spouses are working. Now, I'm not here to argue with either of these options. The final decision is up to you on what amount you want to put in the bucket. But I will tell you that what I found over the years of doing this is that for most of the people, the problem isn't when they follow the advice of one of these other advisors. The problem is when the bucket is emptied out to zero or when they overfund the bucket. Now, what's so bad about overfunding the taxable bucket? The biggest problem is you have succeeded in subjecting the assets in this bucket to a bunch of unnecessary risks that can derail your future retirement. These risks include inflation risk, market risk, and tax rate risk. Since each of these risks can create a major problem with your future retirement, let's take a minute and talk about each of them. The first risk we need to talk about is inflation risk. Inflation risk is the risk that your investment earnings will not keep up with the annual inflation. If you listened to last week's show, you may remember I shared a story of my client who was so risk adverse, he kept all of his money in a bank account, completely ignoring inflation risk. But unfortunately, inflation risk wasn't ignoring him. In fact, if you look at what happened to the million dollars he had in the bank, over the last five years, he lost over $100,000, yes, $100,000 worth of buying power to inflation. And yet he was only able to earn between four dollars and $500 of interest during this time. You may not realize it, but inflation risk is one of the biggest risks facing most retirements. It single-handedly is destroying thousands of retirement plans because retirement assets are not structured correctly to overcome the risk. And please be aware, the problem isn't just during the years you are trying to grow for your retirement. It also applies once you hit retirement. As you approach retirement, inflation risk becomes even more concerning because many people are on a fixed income in retirement. And when you're on a fixed income, the longer you live, the worse your retirement is going to look. A good way to calculate inflation risk in retirement is to use the rule of 72. Most of you are familiar with the rule of 72 because you've used it with your investment accounts. The rule of 72 is used to determine the approximate years it will take for assets to double. So let's assume you're getting an average rate of return of 8%. If you take 8% and divide it into 72, you learn that it will take about nine years for your assets to double. Well, as exciting as this formula seems when you're growing your assets, it gets equally as discouraging when you reverse the calculation against fixed income in retirement. Let's assume, for example, you're retired and your fixed income is $40,000 and that inflation is 3%. If you take 3% and divide it into 72, you get 24. So in 24 years, the purchasing power of your $40,000 has just been cut in half, to only $20,000. I hope you're starting to see some of the major issues inflation risk can cause with your retirement. Now, many of you may be hearing what I'm saying here and thinking to yourself, no worries. I have my money invested in the stock market and the average stock market returns have been way higher than inflation. So what do I have to worry about? Well, the answer is you have a lot you still need to worry about. What you now have to worry about is stock market risk, which is the risk that the stock market is going to go down and negatively affect your retirement. When you're young and investing for the long-term, stock market risk can usually be overcome because historically after the market goes down, it comes back up. But well, what happens when you get closer to retirement and the time you will need to use these funds to cover your basic living expenses when this happens it becomes disastrous to your retirement because a down market in the early years of your retirement can cause you to run out of money up to 15 years faster than you expect now i don't know about you but i don't know anyone that wants to run out of money 15 years before they pass away in fact the most important years to avoid stock market risk are the five to ten years leading up to retirement and the five to 10 years after you retire. The last risk I wanna talk about that you'll face if you overfund your taxable bucket is tax rate risk. Tax rate risk is the risk that taxes will be higher in the future than they are today. You don't have to look very far to realize keeping taxes at the historically low rates we're currently enjoying is impossible. In fact, we already know the date taxes will go up and that dates January 1st, 2026. So if taxes are going to go up, Is the taxable bucket the best place to store your extra assets? Absolutely not. Not only will it cause you to lose more of your money in retirement in the form of higher taxes, but having this much money in your taxable bucket may also create provisional income. Now, what is provisional income, you ask? Provisional income is the term used by the IRS to determine if your Social Security benefits are going to be taxable in retirement. Provisional income is made up of your taxable income, your tax-free municipal bond income, and one half of your Social Security. When you add all of these together, if the total amount is over $25,000 for a single person and $32,000 for a married couple, a portion of your Social Security benefits will also be taxed. Now, if your provisional income exceeds $34,000 for a single person or $44,000 for a married couple, then 85% of your Social Security benefits will be taxed. And when this happens, you can expect to run out of money five to seven years faster than you had expected to. So the question I often get asked after I talk about these three risks is how do I eliminate them? How can I take them off the table so I can get into the 0% tax bracket and change my retirement? There are two main things you need to do. First, you need to establish a process that will ensure you always keep the right amount of money in the taxable bucket. This is going to require some planning, some time on your part. But if you're diligent about the process, you will find there's great benefits for your future retirement by keeping the taxable bucket at the levels it should be. Second, you need to establish a plan to move the extra money you have in the bucket into your tax-free bucket. This will include making sure you're maximizing your contributions to your Roth IRA and your Roth 401k. It may also require you to take some of the money and put it into a life insurance retirement plan. The life insurance retirement plan or what we call a LERP, is designed to help you eliminate the risk your assets face in the taxable bucket. A correctly structured LERP will also have a floor and a ceiling. So if the market drops, you don't lose any of your money, thus removing market risk. And the LERP, grows tax-free, and distributions can be taken out tax-free. So it also helps you eliminate tax risk. Now, if this is not enough, in addition to these benefits, you can add a long-term care rider and reduce the risk a long-term care event can cause on your retirement. You may not realize it, but the average retired couple has over a 70% chance that one of them will need long-term care services at some point in the retirement. So now you have a good overview of the taxable bucket. I hope it's been very informative to you. Prosperity Nation, it is time for questions and answers with our producer, C.R. Tulane.
1: Hey, C.R., welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. I am so excited to be on your podcast again. I, I feel so honored to be here. This is a little strange. Usually you were
0: filling in for me when I was gone. It was either of us doing it, not doing it together. It's kind of nice to be back together for a few minutes here.
1: It sure is. Now, I love season one and I love taking part of that. Season two, I'm just so excited about because of all the things you're talking about. But I even love the fact that I get to come on and be a part of this at the end.
0: Me too. It's been very exciting for me as we put all this together to know that we can have these times to chat that we can sit here and talk
1: about various things and make sure we're getting the questions
0: answered that our listeners have.
1: Yeah, I think it's very important that we go through and do this. So we've received so many questions and I feel like we really need to address some of these. So we've got three questions today that I hope you can answer for all of those out there. Absolutely.
0: Excited to answer them. Excited to make sure that we cover the questions these people have. Okay, so
1: here we go. I have most of my liquid assets invested into FDIC bank accounts. Is this a smart move? That's a very
0: interesting and great question as you look at what's being done here. So what's happening, and we see it all the time, because of the FDIC insurance, people feel that they've got some type of safety net that's happening. And we see it to different levels. Now, maybe someone's just putting $100,000 into that FDIC insured account. We see situations where people are stacking these and putting hundreds of thousands of dollars into these accounts. Because you've got to understand that the FDIC limited at a given bank is only $250,000. Well, there's two problems that I see when this happens. The first one is, is that most of these counts are not keeping up with inflation. So when you've got a situation when the earnings on the accounts are not keeping up with inflation, you're actually losing money on a monthly basis to inflation that many times you don't see because inflation is an invisible thing that causes the spending power of our money to go down. So you've got this situation where you're losing money. But number two, when it comes to FDIC insurance, if you're going to rely upon that, my suggestion is you go find the crappiest bank that you can find. Because if everything goes down, you've got to understand the U.S. government does not have enough money to bail out all the assets in every bank. So if you're expecting to get bailed out, you want to be in the crappiest one that's going to go down the tank the fastest. So when that happens, you get your money and everybody else on the back end will end up uh, get left holding the bag. Wow, Dave, you were on fire today. Hey, Just trying to make sure people get their questions answered and they understand the right things to do with their money.
1: I love that you are helping them make some educated choices. Now, we have to remind everyone they have to do this on their own. We're here just giving advice, so make sure you seek professional advice for this. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. And there's one
0: other thing that you've got to understand, too, if you're putting a lot of money into these buckets, I didn't talk about this, but if you're putting a lot of money into these FDI-insured assets, is that you're going to have tax rate risk. All these assets are going to be taxable at some future time, the earnings on these assets. Are going to be taxable at some future time, and you're going to have to deal with consequences of that as well. So, just really a really bad situation for many people when they get locked into large amounts going into these accounts. But uh, yeah, and you're exactly right. We want people to make sure they're getting their own advice from their advisors and that they use the things that we talk about as
1: guidelines to govern those conversations. Perfect. All right, so I'm ready for question number two. You ready for this one? I am. This one I thought was very interesting, and I feel like there's a lot of people who are wanting this question answered. So it says, I am in my early 60s. Is there hope for me to get to the 0% tax bracket in retirement?
0: Sarah, you may not realize this because you're not on all my webinars, you're not at my speaking engagements, but this is the question that I get asked the most often. Of all the questions, and we get hundreds of questions, you understand, and you see many of them coming in, but this is the question I get asked the most. I'm in my 60s, maybe even into my 70s, and I still get there. Well, the biggest thing people need to realize, if you're living to age 65, for a male, your average life expectancy is 84, and if you're a female, it's 88. And there's a 25% chance that one of you is going to get into your 90s. So, what I'm saying is there's a lot of retirement left, even if you're in your 60s or 70s. We have five years now that we can prepare for higher taxes. Great opportunity. We do thousands of different plans with people in their 60s and 70s to help get them prepared. Now, for some people, because they may have pensions, they may have other situations that we can't get them to a full 0% tax retirement. But what we're able to do is to help get them through the hurdles to get as much of their income into the 0% bracket as possible to make the transition into retirement much easier to where they're not faced with so many risks as they get to a point when it's very difficult for them to earn the money that they're going to need in the future if they run out.
1: So this coming from Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. I am telling you there's
0: a very good chance. So yes, there's a great opportunity for people to do planning still. And 20, 30 years, it's the longest period of self-imposed unemployment any of us have ever had in our lives. Mm -hmm. And you're going into it with this belief. Many people fail to realize how long they're really going to live. If you ask most people, they think, oh, retirement's not that long. Well, it really is a long time if you're getting into your 80s and 90s and you retired at 62, 65, 67, whatever your retirement age is for you and your situation.
1: And that is such great advice. Now I'd like to go through and ask the final question of our question and answer today. Is a health savings account a tax-free asset?
0: This is another question that I get asked quite often, and it gets brought up when we're going through the tax-free bucket and what should be in the tax-free bucket. Many people bring this up, but one of the things you've got to realize with a health savings account or an HSA, it is a great opportunity but we don't deem it a complete tax-free asset because there's a chance if you don't use it for health costs or medical costs that you would have to pay tax on the earnings and the investment. Now, that being said, I'm not trying to steer people away from health savings accounts. If you can do them, number one, you're putting them in and getting a tax deduction. Number two, you have tax-free growth. And number three, if you can use it for health costs or medical costs, you get tax-free distribution. So it can be a great tool We just don't include it in the overall tax-free bucket because there is a chance if you don't need it for medical purposes that you would have to pay tax in the future.
1: Wow, just like that, three questions in and out. Dave, you're amazing.
0: Just trying to keep up with the listeners. They've got so many great questions and that's the fun thing about what we do is they're always coming up with new questions and they really wanna understand what it is we're talking about. That's the other thing that's been exciting for me we get so much engagement because this is something new for many people, the concepts we teach, but it makes so much sense. Once they hear it, they're like, that makes sense. Why have I not heard it? I have a lot of questions to better understand it. And that's what we're here for is to help make sure those questions get answered and we get them on a path
1: to tax-free and risk-free retirement. Now I have one question for me. Do I get to be on next week's show? You do get to be on next week's show. This is going to be a weekly
0: experience for you and I it's great because I live in Puerto Rico right now you live in Utah we don't get to see each other much this will give us an opportunity to connect for a few minutes and give the listeners an opportunity to continue to enjoy you being part of the show well thanks for having me on the show I love being part of your podcast absolutely thank you CR and thank you for joining me on today's podcast Next week, I'll be talking about the tax-deferred bucket and what you can do to make sure it's funded correctly to limit tax rate risk in your retirement.
1: Thank you for joining us today for this episode of The Prosperity Gap. If you want to learn more about The Prosperity Guy, or if you have questions you would like answered on a future show, go to theprosperityguy.com. While on the site, take time to look around. We offer a number of educational opportunities for those who want to learn more about tax-free and risk-free retirement.